Welcome to Half Day Fridays, where we wrap up our week early to keep things in perspective and consciously chase down what we love. Along the way, we'll be chatting to loads of different people that have different backgrounds, different passions, and heaps of different insights. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. I am Ash and I am here with Dr. Ashley Broomfield to talk a little about mental health. You're female, an award-winning GP. I'd like to say the best GP in Australia. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're basically the first port of call for any health concerns that we may have. On a daily basis, witnessing and working with patients with all sorts of things relating to our mental health. What do you think is the biggest area of spotlight at the moment that we should be paying attention to? I would say that as a society, we need to get better at being kind to each other and compassionate to ourselves. Yeah, that seems like such a basic thing to say, but it's massive. Yeah, it's a lot harder to be kind to everybody. Mm. And it's really, really hard to be compassionate towards yourself. And so when you're feeling mentally drained or Mm. not psychologically fit, Do you think that overworking contributes to that? Totally. There's a lot of shoulds in Mm. terms of the way that we look at ourselves and perceive ourselves. You know, I should be exercising every day or I should be eating really well or I should be taking more time out or I should be producing more work or Mm. I should be spending more time with my kids or I should be spending more time with my, you know, family or I should be drinking less alcohol. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? There's so much pressure that we put in ourselves and often that pressure can can be part of the problem as well yeah is there something that you would say has dramatically contributed in the last I don't know maybe 20 years in terms of being critical self-critical I know I think that's a that's a normal human voice to have and probably culturally we spend a lot of time on that with each other and and the way that we should do everything I just find often like talk to people from the generation before us and they sort of have all these reasons why we have all these diagnoses like as if we're doing it to ourselves it depends on who you talk to I mean I see a lot of people who are middle-aged and older who have similar problems and definitely I feel really sad for a lot of the young people these days because I didn't have social media growing up at school like Mm -hmm. we when I had a phone at school it was one of those ones with the numbers on it and you had to like press the <laughs> button like three times yeah. in order to get the C and then you know, it took you it ages. It took time to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> and you had short texting because, you know, B2B. Be came. right back. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. And, yeah. so, uh, By the way, and we didn't I can't have, remember yeah, all of them. <laughs> and we didn't have unlimited credit. So we yeah. didn't have iMessage or Wi-Fi and so you were really limited in terms of the amount of communication you could have with each other. We weren't accessible to each other all the time. So there was a lot of um, barriers in terms of um, people being able to have time out, Mm. whereas a lot of people these days are so connected all the time. I mean, there's huge elements in terms of how social media is affecting people's psychology and and their need to kind of be a certain way in particular – I see a I lot love of, social yeah. media, but I do feel you? like I've got, <laughs> yeah. I definitely have to put some caps on you my do. time. You do. You have to put caps on it. Yeah. I really love the update on the phone that allows you to monitor or have a oh the screen code. time. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's yeah. so good. And it's it's really important to look at is is my interaction with it healthy or not? Mm. You know, a lot of people that develop um, body 
problems or eating disorders spend a lot of time looking at pictures of people's bodies Mm. or different diets or following certain hashtags. If we were to look at females with emphasis um, for the topic of mental health, is there anything notable you're witnessing in the practice? Compared to previous generations, I think women these days are expected or there are expectations that we can do everything. Mm. I have this conversation often with females in our generation that especially in the feminist movement, there's this like one side or another. It's like you are either mega mother earth, you don't work and you feed your kids organic food or you're like boss babe, you know, (laughs) you're like wake up at 4am and you go to the gym and you do this. I just find that so interesting. There's just like one or the other. And sometimes I find females feel the need to explain who they are. I have a really common thing that I say a lot of the time, which is your life is making you tired. If we look at presentations to general practitioners, fatigue is one of the most common reasons why people seek help from a GP. And it's very rare that we actually find a specific health problem that's causing that. Mm. You know, often it's um, a lack of what I call a full bucket. You know, if you, you see your body as a bucket that needs water yeah. and you fill it up by having time for yourself and exercising and eating well and yeah and doing all of those things but then you're emptying it with all the stuff that you should do then it's really hard to keep up keep the bucket full and I definitely notice that in myself as well Mm. you know I should keep my bucket full but there's some weeks where it fully gets drained and I notice you know how that affects me depleted yeah 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 given that our listeners are more than likely entrepreneurs business owners females that kind of thing working a side hustle what gem of advice can you give us for our health and well-being I think this is a great question and I think the answer is really finding what's important to you in your life in terms of looking at the areas of your life that you're giving your energy to and figuring out if there's any changes that you need to make This week, for example, if I have to stay back to look after something or follow up some issues and I have to choose between that and going to my exercise class, Mm -hmm. I have to go, well, what's more important to me? Can I do this tomorrow? Mm -hmm. Do I have time to do it tomorrow? Or is this something that I need to sacrifice in order to do that? Or um, sometimes if it's been a really busy week and I've been getting home late every night, then it's more important to me to spend the time with my husband and rather than going to the exercise class or... If it's been a really difficult night in terms of if I haven't slept very much, then maybe it's more important for me to sleep in than it is to get up and go for a run. Does that make sense? Totally. So sometimes behaviours that you might think are, oh, I really should go to the, I should go and exercise or I should go and, you know, mm. I shouldn't sleep in or I, I need to do that. It's really about assessing what's really important to you. Mm. And sometimes when you sit down and you go, How much am I giving to my relationships? How much am I giving to my family? How much am I giving to my work? And how much am I giving to myself? And mm. seeing where you're at in that, you might find that you're giving no time to yourself and everything to work and then nothing. Like, and I think know. nowadays a lot of people feel guilt more than before. Yeah. Yep. This is like the you shoulds. said before. Yeah, the shoulds. I the, should be. The guilt, yeah. the expectation. Yeah. There's a lot of expectation of yeah. how your family should look, what you should be doing, how yeah. much you should be earning, how much yeah. you should be working. And that's yeah. where kindness and compassion comes into it. Yeah. It really starts with um, the question, am I being kind to myself? Mm. And that's the hardest thing. Yeah, it's really hard. So the next question is, well, if I can show somebody else kindness or compassion in this way, if I was going to do that to myself, how would I do that? 
you know, if I could look at myself or how would I treat myself if I was yeah. in this setting, what would I do? Like taking a sick day. How hard is it to take a sick day? Particularly for women in business. You know, I, I'm a, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anyone in my life that would take a sick day. Yeah, because if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. And then a lot of guilt about mm. the people that you're seeing and is it okay? Like, is there anybody else you have to see? You've got people waiting on yeah. you. Yeah. And so part of that is, well, what would I tell myself if I was that person's doctor? Are there any regular checkups you think we should be considering? For women between, you know, 18 and 45, um, if you came to me for a health check, for example, we would go through what are your risk factors for developing a chronic illness. And so we'd be looking at are you smoking, how much alcohol are you drinking, what are you eating, how much activity are you doing. Um, we don't start looking at breast checks until you're around the 45 age and there's specific criteria about when we'd start to do that and whether we'd leave it till a little bit later. And we'd then be looking at cervical screening, so looking for cervical cancer and we do that once every five years in the new program but I really think that it's useful to in terms of what I would recommend that women do is is touching base every now and again before things get really bad Mm. because often early intervention into things can be easier than later and I would one of the most common reasons why I would see people in or women in this age group is mental health related issues yeah and so coming in earlier rather than later for for women who are keeping to a time schedule and are in business and really can't afford to wait particularly I I would suggest don't book an appointment at the end of a day or the end of a session so book the first appointment of the day or the first appointment after lunch because you're more likely to be seen on time. If you book the last appointment of the morning or the last appointment of the day, if we've had to deal with someone who's, you know, having a heart attack, we can't go, well, sorry, your time's up. Uh, We need to see the next person. And so if you're not able to make up the time, then the person at the end of the session is going to be the latest person seen. So if you're time poor, then scheduling is really important, like looking at talking to the staff and going, when do they start back from their lunch break or when's their first appointment of the morning and booking that one in, then you're, you're more likely to be able to get in I would never have thought out. about that. That's so handy. Yeah, and then being prepared before you go to the appointment. Like what is it that I really want to ask about? We talked about this thing called the hidden agenda. You might come in for a cough or something, but what you really want is, you know, an STI screen because you slept with somebody on the weekend without a condom. In, in terms of regular checkups, in terms of specialist things or things that you're like, you just have to do this, you have to make the time for it, what would you say? Definitely pap smears, yeah. So your cancer screening is really important. And mental health. You know, if you're struggling with your mental health, go early, not two years down the track. Um, it's much harder to manage at that point. If you were to go to your GP and say, hey, I've got a bit busy lifestyle and I'm really struggling with my mental health, what is the GP going to say? We'd often talk to you about what's the thing that you, what's most important to you, what's the least important to you and what do you think you can change? And sometimes that takes time. You know, if you came to me early, let's say you were like, I'm really burnt out, I'm really struggling, I'm finding it hard to get to do all the things I need to do. And I might say, oh, it sounds like your life is making you tired. (laughs) What are you going to change? Is there something you think you can change about that? And you go, I don't know. You might go home and think about that for, you know, four weeks, six weeks and come up with it yourself and all of a sudden you're thinking along the lines of how can I simplify yeah whereas if you left it for a bit longer then maybe you'd start to be more anxious or 
more depressed or your sleep would be affected or you might start drinking more or exercising less and then you eat less and you know when we look at mental health diet and exercise and alcohol have huge impacts on the brain and so if they all start to go then it it really affects your well-being in general yeah what about boundaries how can we create more boundaries in our life to be healthier I love that question because the more and more that I do my job and extra jobs, the more I've had to create really clear boundaries about when I'm going to do things and when I'm not going to do things. Figuring out the the balance between yes and no because we kind of all know there's – I don't know if you've got this mantra in your field, but if you don't say yes, then the opportunities don't arise. Oh, totally. That yeah, happens so, everywhere, I reckon. So you've got to say yes because otherwise if you don't say yes, then people go, oh, no, don't she's not interested. Yeah. Or no, she doesn't want to do that she's too busy ask this person instead and once you start saying yes then you get asked to do lots of things because everyone really thinks that you're, you're totally awesome. keen and you're so interested <laughs> and and so you, you can get into the the pattern of saying yes all the time and never People saying no well. yeah and I guess there's a point in your career at least I've found this you say yes up to a point and then you're like, wow, I can't do all of these things. And you've got to start saying no, but mm. you've, you've established your it's like reputation. The healthy no. Yeah. So figuring out what's important and then not doing things because you should do them and thinking about being kind to yourself when you make the decision. What about burnout? Talk to me about that. What is burnout? People talk about it a lot. Yeah, a great question. And it's, it's really about. And I kind of see it as an energy deficit. You know, if you're doing too much or there's there's too much going on, not even just in terms of your schedule, but too much going on in your mind, often you can just get fatigued and burnt out and you don't have the, the energy to pop mm. back into other things. Um, not multitasking has been a really key thing that I've discovered. Yeah, I read a really fun article about that the other day, actually. Yeah. About task focus and yeah, yeah, yeah. switching. Yeah, and you lose productivity by doing it. And so, um, yeah, a huge thing about my my lately is don't multitask. I used to check emails in between patients or check results in between patients and now I don't ever do what? that sort of stuff. I've got blocks of time where I, you know, dedicate to, okay, now's my email checking time and now's my results checking time and, yeah, it makes a huge difference. So if you're not constantly trying to change your focus, then it's easier and your expectations of having to respond to pe- and other people's expectations. I work in an environment yeah. where someone else's time determines what I'm doing. Yes, often. Yeah. What would you recommend for people who are in that situation? Well, that's that's where boundaries and expectations come in. Some people send off an, an email like automated response, which is like, you know, thank you for your email. Um, I'll be responding to my emails between this block of time, or I'll get back to you within. You know, 24 hours. Yeah, I've or, seen a couple of people do it. Yeah, awesome. and so it's saying, yes, I've got your email. Yes, I've read it. I can't do it There's right now. There's nothing wrong with my emails because I haven't replied. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and mm. or and setting that expectation with the other person that I am going to respond and I plan to get back with you In within this time manner. frame. Yeah. yeah, and then it's they know you've got it. You've acknowledged it. They have an expectation of when you're going to send it back. It may not be in the next five minutes. So what about thought processes? Oh yeah. I work long hours. I love what I do. I don't really count it as work, actually. I just feel like every day I get to do everything that I love. But I go home, cook dinner, whatever, spend a little bit of time doing this or that around the house. And I go to bed and I feel like I cannot switch off. I've got 10 ideas or I've got 10 things I want to say to clients. or I've got, 
you know, a hundred things that I want to do in the future. How can I sort of create a library in my brain to say, not right now? Yeah, that takes practice. The general premise in terms of my understanding of the mind and psychology and thoughts is that you are not your thoughts. You know, there's your, your, your mind and your brain is producing thoughts all the time and it's like a sushi train. You're the person kind of um, sitting on the other side of the train choosing which thoughts you're going to pick up and run with, you know. Oh, so you might good. have a thought that comes into your brain like, oh, what are the cool things I'm going to do tomorrow? And yep. then your brain goes, well, I'm going to chop up run some. Run down this <laughs> yeah, rabbit hole. Okay. I'm going to chop you up some clients and I'm going to chop you up some ideas and I'm going to chop you up some <laughs> doubts and, you know, I'm going to chop you up some expectations and you can choose which ones you're going to run with and then you can eat it and gobble it up and, and take it on or you can kind of leave it on the sushi and so the the premise behind a popular concept but in terms of focusing attention or being mindful um, or meditation they're kind of all very similar is this idea of creating a single pointed focus so training your brain Mm. your brain's like a monkey it's thinking about things all the time and you can train the brain to be a bit more focused on one thing at one time when you want to do it and my little tip for that is if you have time even if it's only five minutes five minutes of practicing single pointed focus where you can just learn how do I make my brain focus on one thing at a time and the more the times that you practice that the easier it is and the easier it is like a muscle right yeah exactly you can't run a marathon without walking around the block first you know you've got to train to get there so it takes time and persistence and the more time that you've spent doing that the easier it becomes well apps are tech do you actually swear by recommend that you know works so one of my favorites is called smiling mind because it's really it's a it's really um introductory and then it works towards increased skill levels and it covers lots of things. I'm downloading it now. Yeah, yeah, it's free. It's done by, I think, the people who reach out. It looks like a brain with a cloud. So there's a bit of education in there about the brain as well and it works through. A lot of people don't have five minutes to spend doing mindfulness stuff, but it teaches you how you can do that in every day of your life. So one of the things I've been trying to do lately is when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm not thinking about who I'm seeing the first thing in the morning, what dinner I've got to cook at tonight. Like I really try and focus on just brushing my teeth or getting dressed or if I'm walking on the beach. I feel like getting ready in the morning is a blur. Oh, yeah. Man, there's so much going on. Yeah. But it's that, you know, you're doing two things at once, aren't you? Yeah. I'm getting dressed and I'm thinking about this other stuff. And so it's kind of like you're multitasking even when you're doing that. Well, thank you so much. It's been so great to get to know you better and to hear about managing our thought processes and your special tips that we can put into everyday practice. I mean, we could talk about that all day. We could. But thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been really fun to be on the other 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 side. side. (laughs) Thanks so much for chilling with us. And just a little heads up, the next Tough Titties event, What Grind Your Goat, will be happening on the 26th of July. We've got a wicked panel of ladies chatting through the tiny frustrations that get under your skin. And there will be champagne, need I say more. Jump onto the website, toughtitties.co, and grab a ticket. See you there.